Hey, it's Mike Flasky here, coming to you with Chasing Birdies. Excited to be here today to talk about all things golf and all things life. All right, guys, it's Thursday. It's Chasing Birdies. It's a new episode, and it's still me and Pep. My man, what's shaking? We're still here, bud. We're still standing. I know. I don't know how. It was a long weekend. It was a long weekend. Yeah, bud. You, I saw you in your black tie affair. Get up. Look like you mm-hmm. bought it off a rack. Um, <laughs> and then we had the old Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, our pockets are a little less, uh, a little lighter, shall and we say. And the Waste Management Open was... What a finish. Dude, it was great. And look, we'll get into f- that. We'll get into I, all three of those things. Well, I feel bad bit. about the sea. I feel bad for the seagull. So, I mean, Charlie Hoffman, ugh, tough. It's tough, man. But the waste management, what a show. I I just want to go, dude. I, I, I do want to go, but I want to like not have to stand in line at 6 a.m. and then right. run to 16 and all these yo-yos running over each other. And my other thing, I can't drink beer all day long. Like these no. People. I saw some guy take his shirt off, and he probably shouldn't have done that. And he had these khakis on, slid down the hill, got all muddy, and it was like 48 degrees. And I'm like, why would you do that? What, like, I know he was not, you know, kind of in the right mindset, but still. Right. Uh, and then the guys, I mean, Billy Horschel and, and several other players are just yapping at the gallery because they're just continuing to be a distraction. And, you know, it's one thing for that to happen on the 16th hole because that's what that's about. But my man, if you are watching golf and someone is over the ball hitting a shot, why would you yell? Makes yeah. no sense. Well, I I loved Kevin Kisner and Smiley Kaufman on 16 with their calls on on Saturday and Sunday. They were hilarious. Oh, my so God. So funny. And our boy, I saw our boy Tyler Reeve. He's boys with Kevin Kisner. He was standing right next to the, the table. Mm-hmm. I saw him throwing footballs into the crowd. Like, yeah, the place is wild, man. So let me ask you this: If you're you make the cut at the waste management on on six, you get to sixteen, right? And they all give out like gifts. What are you giving out to the crowd? Like, what would you hand out to the crowd? I don't know. I mean, like little things is in little tins is in. Probably Sour Patch Kids. I'm all yeah. for that. That's awesome. And you know. Limiting alcohol sales, it's just crazy to see that. But you know what? It, it is it is a phenomenal golf tournament. And it's it's one of those things where watching the final round, you're seeing the guys, you know, some of these players, like, for example, Hoffman. I mean, he had to really play his ball that round to get into contention. Yeah. Um, made eagle on 13, hits it from 265 to 25 feet. And I was rooting for him. But golly, man, Nick Taylor can make some clutch putts. All day. He's he's rolling the uh, he's rolling the rock, boys. That's for for darn sure. Um, so that was fun. That was fun. Well, and then, did you see John Rom was he, he said yeah. that he was really upset. He wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Well, but but you got three hundred million dollars to go to the other side. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. Right. And let me tell you this: if you win that event, you're making two. Mm-hmm. And I'm no, I'm not that smart, really not. But I think two million is a lot less than. 300 million mm-hmm. so you made your decision just go be gone 
Yeah. It's fine, dude. Well, we we he, understand. I get it. Yeah, but we you know what? We miss seeing him on tour too. But you're able to catch him. I watched a little bit of the uh the live tournament in Vegas and you know, it's it was fine. DJ takes it home and does that. So um Well Vegas, we just saw DJ boys. We just saw DJ at Grove. He was mm-hmm. having a little lunch and and then got in his cart, looked at us like we were idiots, like what are you four doing here? Are you six mm-hmm. doing here? Yeah, and we had no right to be at Griff Twenty Three, but we were, and uh, he stormed off to the range. Yeah, and then I went and ordered another transfusion. So, um, the Super Bowl, which you know, what what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? And by this point, <sighs> everyone's been talking about it, so it hurts. Man. We're not trying it just to regurgitate hurts because anything, I mean, we were we. Uh, let's be honest, we all took the Niners. Correct. Um, I, I I thought that they played really well in the beginning. And, um, you know, they missed that extra point, which wasn't great. And uh, that hurt. The game's probably over if, if they make that extra point. And then you go into overtime and you, you take the ball first. Mm-hmm. Again, take the ball second. Even if the, if the Chiefs score, you at least know what you got to do. But if you hold them to a field goal, your defense was kind of playing well to that point, And the defense played awful. And that, uh, I mean... They all looked, everyone looked so gassed. Did you see that? Yeah, well, absolutely. And I wonder if they did not know that the rules were a little different in the postseason because this was the first postseason game to to go into overtime with the new rules. So typically, if San Fran gets the ball first, scores a touchdown, game's over. But in this case, even if they score a touchdown, it's not over. Right. The other team's getting the ball. So, yeah, you can't give Mahomes four shots every series – um, and they got him the first drive. They got him fourth and one, but you knew what was coming. He was going to take the ball. Yeah. The defense just faltered. Such and a, he, he is a dude. He's a stud. I mean, stud. we're, we're watching. Off. Yeah. We, uh, you can't, you can't knock him, but we are watching something pretty impressive. And it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. We, we watched Tom Brady for the most part. We were able to remember that, you know, people talk about Jordan, like, dude, I was still in diapers. I loved Michael Jordan. I, yeah, yeah I watched the finals, but I don't really remember it. Right. But, we're, we watched Tom Brady, and I mean, dude, how do you not say that this cat is nipping at the heels? He's young. What is he, 26? Yeah, I don't know, but he's... 26 or 27, max? So I think we're watching a little bit of a dynasty right now. Now, now the tough part is how do you keep that team together? Um, I mean, Kelsey, for him, but, like, why, why do you want to keep playing football? Right. I mean... You're making millions and millions off endorsements. You're you're basically married to Taylor Swift, and you've won multiple Super Bowls. Like she looked pretty good, though. Dude. She did look pretty good. You know what? I'm I'm here for that, man. Like it's all good. I don't get annoyed by it. In fact, I thought the Super Bowl, a defensive battle, I thought it was great. Um, it was it was a little boring at times, but it was a good game. It was exciting, and you know, it it definitely has had effect on me on a Monday morning. That's for dang sure. Yeah. But we came out as losers in the yes, betting world. And that's okay. That's okay. But Because we're winners in life, dude. We are. We are winners in life. And I know, you know, with us going to Pinehurst here in a couple of weeks, um, been trying to get the swing going a little bit. My stack, I've been still on the program. I've gained three mile an hour on my driver speed to oh, date. What? So three... And uh, if you guys are itching to play a little golf, make sure you go to X Golf in Wexford. 
simulators are awesome. Uh, Sean has been doing great things in that neck of the woods. So check them out in Wexford, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, X-Golf, and tune in there for the Masters Party. It's going to be a good time, and you never know. Maybe the, maybe the boys will show up there. I don't know. Hey, but, watch what you wish for. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So Mike Flasky's on the podcast today, and I know you people out there listening going, who's Mike Flasky? And I'll tell you what, he is an incredible it was just great talking to him. You could tell he's a genuine person, but my man is brilliant. Entrepreneur with Diamond Resorts, what he did with that company and, and on the divestiture of that company, and then what he has done for the golf community in general. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, he, he's done a wonderful job. We have a lot of mutual friends that know Mike Flasky and and – he has Mike Flasky Entertainment, which is really cool too. Mm-hmm. He's doing these these big golf events and and has a lot of these celebrities playing in it, and he's well connected. But like you said, it's just he's just a humble dude. I mean, you think yep. about the the transaction that took place with Diamond Resorts and um oh man, what was the name Hilton, uh, Hilton Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. and the Hilton family, and he's still he's humble, man, and I I, I appreciate that. He's a good Absolutely. dude, and he likes his fishing. He goes up to North Carolina, fishes, got his boat. So we'll get in a little bit of that, and and you know, ask him some questions about how that all went down. And it's a really cool story. Yeah. So without further hesitation, here, Pepsi, why don't we just roll this over into Mike Flasky here on Chasing Birdies. We are back this week on Chasing Birdies, and we're joined today by a gentleman who not only chases birdies in life and on the course, but he's caught several in life. Mike Flasky joins us here on Chasing Birdies, and what an entrepreneur he is. Just by reading about you, Mike, man, it's like, I'm honored to have you on the podcast, man. Listen, it's my pleasure. I love what you guys are all about, and uh, I appreciate the invite. I saw it as an opportunity to have a little fun and Make sure we give your audience some fun sound bites and hopefully it'll be a cool, uh, cool session. Well, it looks like you're not short and fun based on your Instagram. Looks like you like to have that, so. I think fun's important. I think it's we got to be fun. Yeah, your your handle is Dr. Fun or Dr. Uh, the Vacation Doctor. That's it. The, the vacation. vacation Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came from... I was the uh, CEO of a big vacation company called Diamond Resorts for a number of years. And uh, my you know, team encouraged me years back to get involved in social media. It was important. And so they came up with the handle and it kind of stuck. So that's, that's where that came from. Well, yeah, I love that. Diamond Resorts, I remember for so many years, PGA Tour players, a lot of celebrities wearing the Diamond Resort hat. I think you were real popular on the LPGA Tour too, right? Yeah, we did a lot of cool stuff in golf, um, you know, during my tenure at Diamond Resorts. Uh, our original deal that we did was with five-time PGA Tour winner Brian Gay. Uh, Brian wore our hat for nine years, I think, won with it three or four times. And uh, Brittany Lincecum uh, on the LPGA, she wore the hat, won with it a couple times. And uh, John Cook on the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a name you don't hear too much of anymore. I mean, well, he's gotten older, but man, he had a great career, Cookie. Um, but our our mutual friend, Colt Ford. 
Oh yeah, uh, always was repping the the Diamond Resort, and I mean he's bigger than any other name you just named. So uh, by the way, he was the first guy that started repping the Diamond Resorts. I was thinking golf when I told you Brian Gay, but in the whole music and entertainment world. Colt was the guy, and we—he's uh, a dear friend, and we did some cool stuff together. You know, we'll—you uh, know—if you're interested, we can talk about it. But we—we we created an entertainment platform. You know, that Colt was the original guy that started doing live music at our resorts, and, and ultimately that thing grew into like 150 live shows a year. I mean, the planning aspect of that, Mike, like. Because, it, again, it just starts as a small idea, and the next thing you know, you're scaling it up, just like any business, really. But, I mean, how many stressful times have you had during that, that stretch of having to plan all these, all these shows? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, you know, I had a great team of people that, thank God, that, you know, went out and, you know, helped me with it and, and did a lot of the, you know, the heavy lifting. But, yeah, in the beginning, in the early days, you know, when we were testing it, you know, I'll never forget, you know, talking about how it all started. Colt, I was doing some TV to promote the Diamond Resorts Tournament of the Champions at the Golf Channel, and Brian Gay and I were. And uh, Brian had played junior golf with Colt uh, growing up, knew each other since they were like 12 years old. And uh, we were in the green room, and Colt walks in, and uh, BG's like, Colt, what in the world are you doing? And he said, wow, we had an off day, and I can't remember. I think it was when Charlie Reimer was still there or something. He's like, yeah, Charlie wants to come over and do a few songs on air. And uh, yeah, here we are. So that afternoon, I invited him to come play golf over at Isleworth, where I live. And uh, that happened to be, that evening happened to be what we, kind of our parents party and all of our celebrities in the very early, you know, early days of the Diamond Resorts event. And so they were all coming over for a little deal. And I'm like, hey, Colt, you, you got tonight off. Why don't you guys do like a, you know, some sort of little acoustic show for us or something. And he goes, yeah, we can do that. So he calls his guy. And the next thing you know, while we're playing golf, they're figuring out how to get equipment, the production in there. And they set it up in the, in the men's grill or the champion's grill. Now it's called. And that was the very first concert we ever did uh, that ultimately became the beginning of the Diamond Resort concert series. And that's, that was from, that's just how it happened. It's, it's incredible. Old Jason Brown. For those of you who don't know his real name, his PGA Tour name, Jason Brown. That's really cool, though, because you think about it, you go to these events, and it's how do you do something different, right? Like, everything's the same. You show up, you get a shirt, you get a dozen balls that I'm not going to use, and a hat and that I'm not going to wear. And to be able to sprinkle in uh, a concert just takes it to another level. Absolutely. And, and, and that was exactly the vision, the vision, you know, of our events, you know, that we did, you know, would integrate live music and golf. And, and look, I mean, not not to get off track here, you know, but, you know, the greatest thing in the world that could have happened to the live tour yesterday happened because that debacle at Pebble Beach was canceled. And then everybody went over there, including me, and watched a little bit. I did too. We kind of in, in the mood to watch golf. Yeah. Well, you know, they don't have it all wrong, boys. I got to tell you, they got some good stuff that they're doing over there. Some of it, maybe not. But, you know, having music and fun and introducing young people to the game, relaxing it a little bit, the guys wearing shorts, they're on to it. And I'll tell you what, you're going to see the PGA Tour follow suit on more of that kind of stuff sooner than later because, you know, it's anyway, it's a, it's a longer conversation. 
you know, I actually thought it was pretty interesting what I saw yesterday. We we have yeah. this conversation all the time. Do we think, you know, you go to your troubadours and uh, Gaza ranches where you can wear your t-shirt and your shorts, you know, bathing suit and barefoot and play golf, the music blaring and drinking, playing nine sums, whatever. And we're like, is it ever going to get to the point in the golf world where it's like that everywhere? Well, I think that for those that want to be successful, it will. I mean, you know, you've got an aging demographic of baby boomers that eventually are going to age out. And if you want to start capturing the next generations at the top of the funnel, you know, you have to understand what they want and what, what they don't want is wearing slacks on a golf course. They don't want their shirt tucked in all the time and they might want to put their hat on backwards. Just say, <laughs> yeah, it's this guy right here. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. We, and we talk about this a lot. So this is kind of repetitive for me to say this, but I absolutely 100% still respect the game in terms of the traditional value that it brings at certain places. You know what I mean? You know the places you go to where you have to respect the tradition, and that's fine. But to your point, with the youth, the next generation of these, call them spectators, players, whatnot, we are seeing this movement gravitating towards a more lax environment on the golf course day by day. Yeah, look, look, I, I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I work with the PGA Tour all the time. And, you know, I consider Jay a friend and, you know, many of the others that I work with over there. But, you know, if you caught them, you know, in a completely honest moment and they were being transparent, you know, I think they would tell you that they got caught, you know, behind the curve, not reinventing themselves soon enough. And when you're the CEO of a company, I mean, you know, which is my day job running big businesses, you know, strategically, you've always got to be thinking around three or four corners. You got to be looking at what's next, because if you're not moving forward, you're backing up. And, you know, the days of Tiger carrying that tour are gone. Mm -hmm. And you know, they were able to do things you know, during his era that they really are not going to, I don't think, going to be able to sustainably do long term without making some change. I mean, and I say this with all due respect, but look at Pebble Beach as an example. OK, um, and, and, and I promise you I'm saying this respectfully because like you, I totally respect the game of golf. You know, they made the decision, you know, to make Pebble Beach an elevated event event. They eliminated the celebrities on, on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. That's terrible. Saturday at Pebble Beach was always everybody tuned in, you know, to see the celebrities. It was a tradition. It was it was something that I really, you know, picked and learned and, and, and you know, took a lot of ideas from. I understand that AT&T is probably complaining because of the quality of the professional field. I understand that they probably had to do something to keep them happy. I understand Pebble Beach is an iconic venue and probably fits, you know, an elevated event. But boys, I got to tell you, Aberg, Pavon, Hubbard, and Dietrich, and Clark, uh, not so much, guys. <laughs> it ain't replacing the Brady's and the Fitzgerald's and the Colt Ford's, you know, the Larry, the cable guys. I mean, that people like to see that on Saturday. And I think that, you know, in their quest to, you know, probably make the sponsor happy, you know, they, they, they probably overreach there. I yep. mean, in my humble opinion, I, I would, I would agree with you. Cause it, 
I don't watch a lot of PGA Tour on a Saturday. It's just, it's Saturday. But like you said, on a Saturday at Pebble Beach, you like to see what these guys are doing in it from a different profession with their under, like under the pressure, right? Yeah. Because seeing a Larry Fitzgerald, seeing the Tom Brady's of the world, seeing the Aaron Rodgers of the world play in these high pressure events where it actually matters to them is really cool to watch. Yeah, no, no, no question. And anyway, it, it's interesting. Now, look, at the same time, I, I, I do think that this is their office, okay? This is the PGA Tour. This is where they make their living. I do think that the celebrities, when they're in the arena, do have to respect and, and do have to, you know, have to know where they're at. And they have to know when to stand down and let them, you know, let them work and let them do their thing. So, I mean, I, I would be the first to agree that the Bill Murray skit was probably a little old, right? And, you know, that sort of thing. But to not let the people we're talking about that fully respect the players and understand what we're talking about, not not let them be a part of what was the clam bake and what Bing Crosby, you know, I mean, it just yeah. makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah. What's your, because you're obviously a businessman and have to make a lot of decisions day by day on the fly. What is your opinion on, we got the deal done, right? PGA Tour, not we, I'm not involved in it, but I said we. Uh, (laughs) The PGA Tour got this deal done, and for the players who left, there is some, you heard from Ricky Fowler stating his case, and then apparently Rory and Spieth had some whatever, but what is your opinion on the path forward for these guys who left for live and if they want to make a return to the PGA Tour? You're asking me my personal opinion, and my personal opinion is that they should be welcomed back. And I think that they made a, um, a you know a big decision to go that direction, and it could have gone many different ways. Uh, I personally have said, all along that I thought these two entities were going to eventually have to work together because you're not going to outrun the Saudi money. I mean, it, it, you can't outspend them. Right. right. So at some point, you know, the, they were going to come together and, and, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, look, I, it's embarrassing. You know, how do I say this? Sometimes players should be players leadership should be leadership and owners should be owners. And there is a reason for that. I mean, if you look at how Rory has capitulated all over the map on this, it's embarrassing, right? I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is he was trying to carry the party line and do what was best because he decided to stay back. (laughs) They went in a different direction, left him out on an island. Now he's done a 180 and he's Mm -hmm. calling out, you know, Jordan for saying what Jordan said. And at the end of the day, you know, it, you know, it's 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 about money, and and players sometimes they just need to go play. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So whenever you were with Diamond Resorts, you know, you were part of a huge deal that they sold to the Hyatt. What was that whole thing like? I mean, tell us what sitting in on a meeting where it's a substantial amount of money. I mean, I don't want to. Well, not to, not to correct you, but it was Hilton. Not, Hilton. Not, yeah, not high, but um, yeah, ha- happy to happy to talk you through it. So, so Di- Diamond Resorts uh, was the largest independent, non-branded vacation company in the world. Uh, we had you know about four hundred resorts uh, and about five hundred thousand families that owned their vacation with us in thirty-four countries, and you know it was a complete honor and privilege you know to lead that business. 
In the last five years, we were owned by private equity, uh, one of the two largest private equity companies in the world, Apollo Global. And so I worked directly for Apollo, and, and Apollo bought the company in 2016 when we were publicly traded and took us private. And so we knew, and I knew as the CEO, that my job um, was to do some things that we needed to do to make the company better, uh, grow the company. And then ultimately, their thesis said within 36 to 48 months, you know, they, they wanted to sell and get their return on investment and, and move on. So, you know, interestingly, um, Mark Wang, who is also a friend, um, is the chief executive officer of Hilton Grand Vacations. And I reached out to Mark. Mark's a, a golfer. He loves golf. And, you know, he's a good guy. He lives here in the Orlando market. And I said to Mark, I said, look, I said, you know, I think these two companies are significantly better together than apart. I think we bring things to the table that you don't have. And I think you have something that we need in a brand. Right? We didn't have we didn't have that Hilton brand. And so, you know, we began talking and, uh, you know, like any deal, you know, it had many different twists and turns. But in the end, um, you know, we, we ended up selling the company or merging the companies and and they were the larger uh, slightly of the two. And, and, and therefore, Mark stayed as the CEO. But it was a four point three billion dollar uh, transaction wow. on an EV basis. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to get in there and do those deals. And, and, and so my sponsor Apollo was happy, you know, clearly, clearly I was happy. And, uh, so it gave me an opportunity to, you should be happy. No wonder you're smiling right now. Look at you. (laughs) Life's good, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the deal gets done. All right, Mike, you've worked really hard. What, What do you go buy yourself? What's the first thing that you went out and bought for yourself? You know, it's funny. It's funny that, uh, that, that, that you ask that. You know, I, people laugh at me all the time because I drive a, a 2016 Ford pickup truck. And, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy, right? I'm not the fast car. You know, I, I just, yeah, I'm a pretty basic dude. I like to play golf. I like to bow hunt. I like to fish. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I like spending time with my beautiful wife. So after that, you know, the rest is like great. But I do have a cool boat. And, um, uh, I, I put two new engines and a new generator in it, and it's almost finished. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting looking forward to getting offshore and catching some marlin this summer. Is that oh, what you shit. fish for, marlin? Yeah, sailfish, marlin, tuna, wahoo. Yeah, awesome. Now, do you? I mean, obviously, you catch and you eat that shit, right? Like, cause that's fresh. Bro, it's good. I'm I mean, telling we you, we don't eat marlin now. We release them. Yeah, but it, tuna mahi we call dolphin uh oh yeah the wahoo i mean it doesn't get any better i mean some fact with the tuna sometimes we eat sashimi right on the boat while oh. it's still. <laughs> that's so good the tail's still flopping and and mike's eating a piece of tuna from it absolutely a little soy and wasabi and we're good boys let's go <laughs> yeah that's you know i love sushi mike and unfortunately for me i live in in i live in west virginia and uh you know sushi so is a hard crawfish yeah, we're not getting shit overnighted here. You know, it might be two day or three day from from last week, but uh, kind of jealous on that front for you. I mean, I that's one thing about and you fish in Florida, so like it's not something that necessarily goes away in the winter time. Just like golf, I mean, no, no, the winter time's actually the best. Uh, yeah, you know, down here, I actually spend my my summers up in North Carolina. I actually grew up on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Oh, nice. 
And uh, yeah, and it's incredible fishing. I, that's where I, you know, I learned. I worked as a mate on a charter boat growing up from like the fifth grade all the way through high school. And so I've, I've been around that fishing culture and doing it my whole life. And so it's something I enjoy. So we fish down here in the winter and up there in North Carolina in the summer. So you navigating through you, you, you did the deal with Hilton and uh, you get out of that Diamond Resorts and now is this when you transition into MF Entertainment and start really working on your brand now? Is that kind of how that happened? Yeah, and, and, and it's a great question. I think, you know, your listeners, you know, will find it interesting. Um, so what happens when you do a deal like this, you know, is there's typically a cool off period and in the business world it's called a non-compete, right? Mm -hmm. And and so my non-compete actually expires next month. So I actually have not been able to lead a hospitality company for the last two and a half years as a part of the transaction. But what I have been able to do is I have been able to focus on MF entertainment and, and really grow it. And I've had a, ton of fun with it and really i built a cool little business and you know we um you know i did i did spend a couple of years post-sale um, working as a consultant for hilton grand vacation to make sure you know all the celebrities kept coming back to the event to make sure that you know everything you know was what they bought as it related to the to the golf tournament and i enjoyed every second of that and, and by the way I'm, I'm also thankful that they you know invite me back as the founder to compete in the celebrity division and means the world to me to get the, you know, Mark still lets me come back and be a part of that. Um, I immediately went on the board of invited and you guys being a golf podcast, um, invited was known as club Corp for yeah. probably 60 or 70 years. Right. And they have uh, 260 uh, private golf clubs and city centers, you know, all over the country. And, I went on their board of directors and, and they asked me if, if I would create for them what I did for Diamond Resorts in, in the form of a celebrity professional golf tournament. So I reached out to the PGA Tour and Miller Brady, who's the president of the Champions Tour for them, and, you know, kind of, you know, tossed around the idea of, you know, bringing in the celebrities and figuring out how we kind of create the champions tour version of the Hilton grand vacations. And, uh, this is coming up on year three of that. That is actually coming up in, um, April, April 16th through the 21st. And we do that at Las Colinas country club in Dallas. And it's a ton of fun. It's, um, you know, conceptually, instead of it being the, uh, tournament of champions, which with the LPGA, it's their winners from the past two years. With the Champions Tour, it's actually a uh, full-field Charles Schwab Cup event oh, wow. where, where they bring in 78 players, and then we bring in 40 celebrities. And uh, so it's really cool, and, and it does extremely well um, on the TV side for them, and uh, it's just a cool asset for Invited. Yeah, the, the, the celebrities that you know, um, there's some that we have mutual friends in, and, and they all love you, so that's... That's awesome because when you can take care of those guys, they all they'll do anything for you. Not that you're asking for it, but it's there if you need them. No question. I mean, it's um, you know, I like to say people ask me, you know, all the time, you know, what, you know, how do you, you know, did you get the street cred or become friends with 
people. And and, and, and really, you know, in the end, it's, it's really pretty simple. I mean, I got a 10-year history of doing what I said I'm going to do, right? And if you do what you say you're going to do, it sounds pretty basic, but mm-hmm. so many people either don't or can't, you know, and we have, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's interesting how the celebrity community wants to play golf. Oh, it's and crazy. Not only do they want to play golf, but they, they want to play inside the ropes, you know, in an event that is televised, that they can get their brand out there. They can compete a little bit under the gun to really see where their game is with people watching alongside a tour professional on TV. You know, it's fun. And, um, and, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how we did it. And, and then we talked earlier about, you know, we were doing 150 live concerts a year, you know, so on that side, you know, all the musicians that, um, that, that have been with me for many, many years, a lot of them started out, you know, Cole Swindell and Lee Bryce, you know, they started out really before they became superstars, you know, the, the, the money was meaningful, you know, our, our shows were midweek, so it never kind of interfered, you know, with their mm-hmm. tour routing. And the cool thing is, is over those years, you know, they would do 10 or 12 shows a year for me. And back then the money was meaningful as they, you know, moved up, you know, and became, you know, B plus, A minus, A, A listers, right? They remained loyal because they remembered that I was kind of there for them in the early days and, and, and they knew it was important and they knew what we were doing really didn't affect their, you know, Friday, Saturday night tour route. Right. And so... Yeah, you know that's kind of how we did it, and and they are they are my friends, and, and and you know they are people that I've been very blessed to get to know, and but in the end, the common denominator is golf. They love it's, golf. It's crazy, man. It the, is the golf. What golf can do for you as a business person, um, as an individual, um, it, the relationships you've made through golf. It's incredible. There is nothing like it. I mean, no. last night I was watching pickleball, and I'm sitting there thinking, these idiots, they're, they're you can't be friends with these people. You know what I mean? Like you're you're just hitting a ball back and forth, <laughs> pickleball, right. loud noise, and then you right. go on your day. At least golf, you're on the golf course for four and a half hours. You can really, and I'm sure you can agree, tell a lot about an individual on a golf course, how they react, how they can carry conversation on. I mean, there's so much that goes into it that you can find out about a person in four and a half hours. Absolutely no question. And you can find out a lot about their integrity and their character and, you know, how they react under pressure. I mean, are they going to noodle it over there when nobody's looking? You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's very interesting. You know, it, it brings it out, you know. And golf is hard, by the way. And that's it the is. thing, too. You know, that's the other thing I did want to mention because it's kind of, you know, with our events – that we have done, you know, we use the modified stable for format. So as we said earlier, you know, when you get double, you pick up, you know, move on for pace of play, but you still got to hold the thing out and there's no handicaps. It's a, it's a gross event, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, when there's money involved, these handicaps, you know, they get interesting. So we've all, we, we've kept handicaps out of it. It's a gross event, modified stable for and there are people, guys and girls, that don't want to go under the gun in an environment like that, even with a modified stable for format where they got to hold the thing out. They, they just don't want to do it. They, they'll go to a pebble beach where they can get a handicap 
and they can ride along with a pro and they can help out three holes with a net birdie or something. And then they can have their cocktail over there on the side. So it's a different deal what we do. So we, we cater to a little different segment of the celebrity base that actually likes the competitiveness. We, we have an event, uh, the Chase and Birdies two-man event. And what we do to kind of keep it respectable is we do 80% handicap. This year, we're going to have 40 players. So what we're going to do is we're going to have 20 A players, 20 B players, and we do a complete blind draw. So there's no marriages beforehand. Um, And then we take 80% of the handicap. That's your partner for two days, best ball. and, And, you know, we pay out low round first day, low round second day, and then we pay the first, second, third. Just to keep it, I mean, because you got to keep give somebody the second day to play for something if they're yeah. out of it. No, no, no question, no, no question. And I think that's awesome that you all do that. Where do you do that? So last year was at the Greenbrier. We had it at um, Old White and the Sporting Club, the private course there. This year is at Nemecolon, which is a five star resort in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's July fourteenth to sixteenth. Actually, we should have you come on by and play in it. That's very cool. Well, that's that's. I, I tell you, you want to talk about some great golf, man. That uh, that whole area of Pennsylvania, really. I mean, honestly, from you know, from Philly, you know, from Marion, and you know, Philadelphia Cricket Club, obviously Pine Valley, which is not really fit, but I mean, all the way over to Pittsburgh, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you get to Oakmont and Fox Chapel, and where your guys are having your event, and down to Laurel Valley. I don't know what it is, but the greens in that part of the country are so amazing. So I don't, good. They can't replicate it anywhere. Well, else. we always have this conversation. If you're in, if you can play in Florida, if you can putt in Florida greens, you'll putt lights out up north. No question. No, no, no. There's just no question. It's so well, but you're at Alworth. Is that where you live and play? That's where I live. Yep. Uh, but those were some of the best greens that I've played. I'll be honest with you. With that sub air, they had them things ripping at 14s. When I was playing, but um, but they were good. Like like his like he said, it's really difficult for us. Maybe because we just don't play them too often. But to read the grain, um, you know, you, you, you learn as you play more in Florida. But also, you know, when a golf course is in tournament shape, there's really they they cut them, double cut them, and roll them. So in that scenario, there's not a ton of impact from grain. Um, if there is, it's really more on the speed side of mm-hmm. it. You know, generally tell either by looking at the cup or the, or the shininess if you're down grain. And that's where it does impact it a little bit. And, and really, anybody can see it shiny and it's fast down grain. The trick is, is, is making yourself hit it. You know, when they are so fast, when you're back into the grain, you know, and you have to hit it, you have to get it to the hole. That's the that's the hard part. Now, on a day to day basis, when a golf course is not in tournament shape, the grain is an absolute factor. Yeah. Here. It, you, you know, and, and guys and, and girls that know how to read the grain and understand, are, are they're going to be better putters because of that. That was one of the coolest experiences. It was a, probably about five years ago. Um, whenever I first went down there and played in that, it was, I don't know what event it was. It was in January. It was like a pro pro am type thing. Uh, club pro, you know, the club pro would come and bring their amateur, but, um, I don't know what it was. You know, I I was playing there and, and got paired up with Stuart Appleby and it was like 48 degrees that morning, maybe 45. And my man rolled out with socks up to his, almost his knee and shorts on. 
And then, so we played, and he he striped it. I mean, he still hit it good. And then I went back to the range on the back part of the range, and I'm hitting balls there, and Chucky Howe, man, Charles Howe rolls up. And what a swing he has in real life right there. I mean, it's just like pure. No, it's a, it's a coup. So, so the event is called the Isleworth Invitational. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I was lucky enough, uh, I played with a former tour player by the name of Jay Williamson. Uh, and, and Jay and I actually won um, the first year of the no event. And, and so I played in the event many, many times. It's a great event. And, uh, yeah, Stewie's a great guy. He's been a member and my neighbor here for 20-plus years. Charles Howell uh, lives three houses down from me, so I could literally walk out my house here and yell down there, and he'd hear me if, I, if he was back from Mayakoba. That's and, so funny. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a cool place to be, man. And, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, having, having I was joined in 2003, so I've been around here wow. for a few years. So I've I've seen pretty much all the cycles. So the cat, the guy that we played with that day, was the guy that bought Tiger's old house. He was like a taller guy with dark hair. Holly Keller, I believe. Is yeah, name. that's it, Holly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually bought Tiger's house from Bubba Watson, and Tiger Tiger sold the house to Bubba, and then Holly bought it from Bubba. Holly, oh. that was him. I don't know yeah. your relationship with Bubba, but I'm sure Holly's a better guy than Bubba. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Bubba was, you know, I, I, I never, he never talked to you. He never really, yeah. he, was, he did whatever he did. So I don't, I didn't really ever honestly get to know him very well. He kind of stayed to himself, but yeah, he, uh, he'd be a little different. So we've talked about all the cool things that you've done and all this, that, and the other. You don't have to mention names either because I don't want to put you in a bad position, but was there ever somebody you're playing golf with you're like, man, this guy is a complete dick? Like, <laughs> Well, if I don't have the ability to decide who I'm playing with that day, I've had it happen, but I don't do that a lot. Right. It's a or something. But yeah, of course, you know, you see it and, uh, and, and, and you can you can watch it and, you know, and laugh at it and, uh, and shake your head. But yeah, it happens all the time, unfortunately. Have you? I I feel like I saw Tony Romo on your Instagram or maybe one of your businesses. Is he involved in the celebrity tournament with you? Yeah, Tony, Tony plays in in our events at MF Entertainment, and he is the defending champion of the celebrity division in Dallas for the Invited Celebrity Classic. So he actually lost the first year in a playoff to Marty Fish. Oh yeah, the tennis player, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's a great, great golfer, by the way. He's he's definitely the best, hands down, the best celebrity golfer. Um, and then Tony's Tony's in that in that conversation. He's right there. And then Tony, you know, Tony beat him and Annika this year, uh, this past year, uh, to win it. So yeah, he's our he's our reigning champion. You're talking about Tony Roman, the billion dollar question. You being involved in tournaments, PGA Tour events, all that stuff. These guys playing in a PGA Tour event. Steph Curry, Tony Romo taking another player's spot. What's your take on this? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I have mixed emotions. Um, you know, I I understand the you know the perspective from the sponsor, right? One thousand percent. And you know, I, I I understand that they're trying to do something, you know, to you know to generate a crowd. If you if you look at the events that that usually takes place in, 
you know, it's, it's usually not the waste management or it's not, you know, uh, you know, an event that would be considered, you know, uh, an A level event with massive crowds, Bay Hill or something, you know, it's usually, you know, kind of a one off event where they're, they're trying to do anything that, you know, to drum up the interest and monetize the investment because it's expensive. Um, the flip side of it from a pure golf perspective yeah, I do get it. I, uh, I you know, I, you know, I absolutely get it. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, those, I know what it takes. I watch these guys every day. I mean, for, for every Charles Howell, Stuart Appleby, Marco Mira, John Cook, Scott Hoke, um, Tiger Woods, and go on and on that have been my neighbors that come through our, there's another, you know, 15 people down there trying to figure it out, you know, like mm-hmm. an Arjun Atwal, you know, like a DA points, um, you know, and they're trying to get starts to feed their family. So I get it. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting debate for sure. Um, because it is, it's, it's like these players, these athletes that love golf and are, athletes in general they, they they have game there's no doubt about it but whenever you pair it up to you know the caliber that we're seeing from some of these guys it's like no it's a media stunt i mean it's a yeah I mean, there's no there's no confusion what it is right i mean the you know i mean it's a it's a 100 media stunt and uh you know when you look at tony and you look at uh, steph i think most of those I believe have been corn fairy events. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if they've actually played a PGA tour um, sanctioned event or not, but anyway, but it's still the same concept. You still have the players coming up on the corn fairy tour that are in the same boat. And quite honestly, you could argue the money's more meaningful, right? Or That's the opportunity about, yeah. because that might be the week they win. Right. I agree with that. I, I would say the corn fairies almost more important because those are the guys that has such a fine line on the corn fairy tour, uh, and the money that they're making. Yeah. I can tell you that, you know, the cool thing about the events that we do and the partnerships that we have had with the LPGA and the PGA tour champions is that, you know, we do a, we do a celebrity rules meeting. I do on at, at five o'clock on Tuesday of tournament week every week. And it's an opportunity for, to get everybody together, have a couple beers, and kind of get up and, you know, we let the rules official talk about, you know, what's going on for the week. And, you know, but, but, but really there's a, you know, there's a couple of key messages that we make sure we get out. And that is, hey, you know, this is their livelihood, right? And, you know, when in question, let's defer and make sure, you know, that it's about them, right? And, you know, so, so that's, you know, that's kind of number one. And then number two, you know, for, for somebody like invited to put on an event, like the Invited Celebrity Classic, you know, they've agreed to bankroll a $6 million budget before $1 of sponsorship money is is brought in. And so, you know, if you all want the opportunity to come in and have a fun week on TV to get your brand on TV and to compete and, you know, to feed the competitive golf side, you know, of, of your itch, you know, we need you to support them on social media. We need you to be kind to the fans. We need you right. to sign. Now, we don't want you to hold up play, but we have fan zones set up and we just ask you to, you know, to do those things. And they all do. And, and, and so, you know, our, our whole deal is, is we never want to get in the way of the professional. We want to be seen as an asset. Right. And so that's, that's kind of, and, and, and when you're on the champions tour and when you're on the LPGA, you know, 
the celebrity significantly moved the television ratings needle beyond what they mm. would have on a normal weekend, week out basis. It's the Taylor Swift effect. It's the Taylor Swift effect. That's exactly right. I mean, good Lord. They said the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and we talked about this last week, but the Kansas City Chief numbers have skyrocketed. These little girls that are now watching the game, and that's a you can't blame Taylor Swift. She's going there to support her boyfriend. I mean, right. th- that's no. all she's doing. It's it's actually really cool, and it's you know it's a case study is really what it is. I wish she would come watch me. Yeah, well, it's a microcosm of what you know of, of really what we're talking about that, that we try to do. You know, the only difference is the PGA Tour. You know, they really don't need the celebrity piece of it. You know, as much as the LPGA and the Champions Tour because they have their own sustainable ratings. All albeit. Nothing like they used to be, you know, when the big cat was out there prowling the fairways, you know. It would be like me dating Nellie Corda, boys. Like, uh, they'd keep panning over to me to see what I was doing in the crowd. Yeah. You... <laughs> Picking my nose, drinking a beer. Um, the So, so this golf, is it open to the general population to play? Like, how do you get involved if you wanted to play? Well, the, the way we, you know, the way we do our events, um, the, the televised events, you know, that we're talking about, like the Hilton Grand Vacations event and the Invited Celebrity Classic, we actually have over 100 celebrities on a wait list wow. to get in and play in these things. Um, it's They're that popular. Yeah. And it, it's really hard because, you know, what happens, you know, here I am, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, you, you have these people that have supported you from day one. Mm-hmm. When you when you didn't have a televised you know event and they've been there and they've been there every time you've ever asked them and now all of a sudden you know you've got this televised event and you got this title sponsor that's bankrolling six million dollars and what they care about is who's got the most followers on social media mm-hmm. who's going to engage who's going to collaborate who moves the needle for TV you know and, and, it, and it becomes this balancing act that's really really hard because i'm as loyal a person as you're ever going to meet but at the same time i work for them right and yeah. so we end up forming these committees and while yes i have a voice i'm just one vote yeah you know? yeah and, uh, you know who gets to play and so as it relates to you know the general public you know we encourage them to come out and have fun it's a great vibe um, you know, obviously there's, there's ticket sales for, for all of our events that they can come out and, and be a part of and, and, and enjoy it. It's really cool. No, that's awesome, man. That's, and, and the good thing is, you know, it does promote, it's, it's a charitable cause, you know, it's a charitable cause. Yeah. And in fact, the, you know, the event that is now the Hilton Grand Vacations event in the first five years of that event when it was then uh, titled name was the diamond resorts tournament of champions that event donated uh, 5.3 million dollars in five years back to the florida hospital for children and um, and that was something that uh well uh, 4.3 of it went to the florida hospital for children and the other went to the university of florida shans children's hospital but to children's health care and, and so, you know, it's real. Um, the, the Invited Celebrity Classic in, in the first couple of years has given um, over a quarter million dollars back to the Momentous Institute for Children in Dallas. And yeah, so we're doing, we're having fun, we're creating a product for TV, but we're also doing something really cool in those local communities. That's really cool. Yeah, that's. 
All right, Mike, you and I and Ryan are on the first tee. We're drinking a couple beers. I'm smoking a cigar. I don't. Do you smoke cigars? Only if I'm alone or with somebody. Well, then we're in. So I'll have one for you. Uh, what's the money game we're playing? What's your What's your go to money game? Well, I, I kind of like a Nassau. You know, okay. I kind of. I, I mean, if you ask me, my go to. I like to play uh, front back total two down automatics, and uh, you know, pick the money based on who's uh, who's in the know, group. Who, Based on who's on the tee box and, you know, what I believe to be uh, the handicap fairness. Yeah. I love I love playing in Nassau. Auto I twos, hate, man, I makes it handicaps. easier. I hate yeah. handicaps. Yeah, I don't like handicaps either. I, you know, it's – I mean, look, I mean, yeah, I understand it. And, yeah. you know, I think it's – I think that if you don't play handicaps, you know, you leave out such a large part, you know, of the population that, you know, loves the game. So I totally get it. But when it comes to money, it, it, people do funny things, uh, you know, when it comes to money. <laughs> so I'm looking, at, I'm looking at my gin, my recap from last year, okay? Yep. How it started, plus one. Lowest handicap, plus 1.9. How it ended, 0.5. My scoring average is 74.2. Yep. How, how the hell is that? That doesn't even equate because there's zero chance that I'm a plus. Yeah, well, you know, the way that I get – look, I'm no expert on the handicap system, but supposedly you're only supposed to shoot your handicap one every ten times or something. I think oh, sweet. I would something that's, along that's the nice. Line. So they're right yeah, on market. So, they're right on point then. But the problem you got is is that you put every, you every know, score. score in and other people manage it. Right? Yeah. People that the people you got to watch out for, you know, are those five or six handicaps. Yeah, we got friends with you that keep it at five <laughs> or six, but can come out there, you know, and, and make four birdies and shoot even par. Yeah, that, that's the guy that's going to run you to the ATM. Yeah, that's, that's Ben Roethlisberger. That's the big story here in Pittsburgh. They have the Ben Roethlisberger sto- uh, uh, role, and he he says he's like a five, and he comes in and shoots sixty seven, sixty eight consistently. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger won the Hourth uh, member guest uh, two or three years ago with a guy named Brian Thompson, and um, I didn't realize Ben could play like that. You know, he's never played in any of our events, but uh, he can play. He, he can play. Yeah, yeah. I, I played a few holes with him by by chance of getting in the shootout with my buddy Jr. a couple years ago, and my man, he can play. Yeah, he can play. Uh, yeah, that's balling. <laughs> that's it. Well, I hope that we uh, get the opportunity, Mike, to meet you in human form and and peg it up, man. Whether it's down in your neck of the woods, up here in our neck of the woods, you know, I'm sure our paths will cross at some point, and I hope it. I hope they do. Be my pleasure. Send me some information on your event. I look forward to reading about it and learning more about it. And uh, you know, hey, kudos to you guys for doing a cool podcast. And you know, I know that. Uh, I look back at some of your work. You guys do a great job. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully your, uh, your your audience will like the show. I think we gave them a good, diverse mix of content. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's what we want. You know, we just want to kind of fill people in with what other people are doing uh, in life, chasing birdies. But before we let you go, we got to finish it off with our tap-in segment presented by Bettinardi Golf. Check them out online at bettinardi.com. Jonathan's going to ask you four or five questions that demand your quick-witted response. Right. Let's roll. All right, buddy. What advice do you give people that want to be an entrepreneur? Find a mentor and listen to them and try not to make 
the mistakes that others have made. That's good. Bucket list golf course. Ooh. I'd have to say I've been blessed to play a lot of them. I haven't played Cypress, so Cypress. All right. That's a good one. How many hole-in-ones and where? Never had one. No. Never chasing. Had See, you're chasing. So then the next question is, what are you chasing? What am I chasing? Well, I just got married December 16th. Congrats. I got a Congrats. beautiful wife and, you know, so I'm chasing happiness, uh, you know, off the, off the golf course, uh, on the golf course. I'm always chasing birdies and, and great friendship. Like you said earlier, you know, I try not to, you know, get paired up with those people. We have to roll our eyes <laughs> when I can control it. That's Mike right. Mike Flasky. Thank you so much, my man. We're going to do it again. And uh, I can't wait to tee it up with you and, and smoke that cigar. I can't wait either. And I appreciate you all having me on Chasing Birdies. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Mike Flasky on Chasing Birdies. I love that whenever I asked him, what did you buy when that whole transaction went down? You know, I was thinking like Ferrari, Lamborghini. Nope. Two boat motors, boys. I love it. So that speaks volumes of him as a person. And... You know, he just he just enjoys chasing that little white ball around and 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 being in the business world. You can mm-hmm. tell he still has that itch to be in the business world, which is really cool to see. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's all, and that's the thing too with with chasing birdies here on the podcast, man. I just like to hear stories from people that how they came to where they are, or what what paths they've crossed. I mean, you know, you're sitting there listening to Tony Romo on the Super Bowl and. You know, that's Flasky's boy. You know, he's playing in these events. So it's just funny to see some of this stuff, man, and these guests. So hats off to you, Mike. Uh, incredible story. Look forward to meeting you and pegging it up, man. And thanks again for coming on. In person. In person, baby. In person. So I know we we invited Mike to the uh, Chase and Birdies two-man event, and hopefully he considers it because it is a good time, and that is right around the corner, the Chase and Birdies two-man we got a little surprise up our sleeves for the boys and <laughs> for the winners, um, which is going to be hysterical. But uh, that's all taking place at the beautiful Nemecolon Resort. And make sure you check them out at nemecolon.com. The golf courses, you got Mystic Rock, you got Shepherd's Rock, you got Falling Rock, you got a lot of rocks. And it uh-huh. is a beautiful place. They're redoing the Chateau as we speak. That'll be launching July 1st, the brand new kickoff for that. And um, so get your wife, get your lady, get your significant other, your kids. There's something for everyone at Nemecolon. So check them out at Nemecolon.com. And as always, thank you to everyone at Nemecolon for supporting us mm-hmm. in this dumb journey, I guess you can say. Um, because it is, it, it's, it, we're having fun with it and we're enjoying it. And um, so I enjoy it, bud. Uh, you know what? And I'm so proud of you, but I got to say this on air right now or on these wavelengths of, of audio that you, you're getting into a little bit of fitness here and you've been working out at Nemecolon a little more. Um, how's the journey going? The journey's going well. So um, started about two and a half weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. We do Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. We, meaning me. Um, <laughs> and I'm just really the cardio. I'm really hitting uh-huh. the treadmill. And this is crazy to say too, but I'm doing a lot of jumping jacks, boys. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the jumping jacks. After you run, it really burns in your legs. And then um, a lot of sit-ups and just a little bit of light work, weight work. Um, 
I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not looking to get ripped, all right? But I'm just looking to stay fit and maybe get another two to three yards out of my drafts. Yeah. That's all. I love but it. But I'll tell you this much. You feel so much better. You do. I mean, now I know what you guys talk about. Yeah, exactly. You got a little taste of it, and I, I love it, man. And no so, more mu- muffin top. No more. No more. And, and I've really, the 12th, I eat from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's kind of hard for me because I like to snack. But as I got into it, 12 to 8, I, I don't snack. I eat two meals, and then at 7.30, I eat an apple, mm-hmm. and that's it. Apple is uh, great soluble fiber. So a lot of water, a lot of coffee leading up to that noon time. But okay, that's good. That was a longer answer than I expected, but I love it. Um, I'm happy. <laughs> well, by the, I mean, this body's a temple. It's not just easy. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Uh, I know, I know. So, little golf thing here this weekend's the Genesis Invitational Riviera Country. You know who's playing in it? The goats in the field kicking off today. Uh, excited for this one, actually, but I think it's going to be, you know, maybe something that we see a glimpse of, a little foreshadowing potentially for the rest of the season for the man. But, um, you know, he's he's jacked, so I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, he is. Um, and his new clothing line mm-hmm. is out. So as you guys uh, see, his new clothing line is out. And he teased it last week with the glove. That's a, kind of a cool glove mm-hmm. with the new logo on mm-hmm. it. But as I said before, if you turn that logo upside down, they're saying it's 18 holes. The stripes on the tiger, blah, blah, blah. Or is that 18 majors that he's chasing down? That's so. Let you guys and, decide that. And, uh, man, I am so excited for the Pine, pine Needles too, man. Um, we got me, you. DK is my partner, IPA is your partner, and there's another twosome of our friends playing in it. Mr. Eric Tangrady and Mr. Neil Walker. Uh, in a gross event. <laughs> I love it, dude. So they're really excited, and it is exciting. So hopefully one of these teams makes the cut. Yep. One of these three teams makes the cut. That's all we need. One well, team we, makes the cut. We will be tracking and documenting that and uh, see where that takes us, man. But uh pep as always buddy it's it's always great catching up with you um not that we don't do it often but it's always good on this thing you know yes so let's keep chasing you guys have a fantastic week make sure you go to chasing underscore birdies on instagram like it love it double tap doesn't take a lot you're already scrolling so just do it and um i'm gonna be putting a video up this weekend what we're gonna do is our boy Eric Childers title has sent us some balls. Okay. So for every t shirt hoodie that is purchased, we are going to throw in a sleeve of Pro V1X golf balls with our logo on them. And that's another, I mean, as you know, golf balls aren't cheap. So that's a $16 sleeve of golf balls with a t shirt. No brainer. Help the boys out. You can lose those golf balls. If you lose the golf balls, make sure you lose them so people can find the ball and see the Chase Birdies logo. Yeah. Genius. I love it, guys. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Chasing Birdies. And thank you to Evo and his team, Allie, over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Jacqueline DiPaterio, Rachel London, for all your help here on the social handles. We hope you all have a great weekend, and we will catch you all in two.